Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bridger Transmissions. One last time, we're going to unpack the series finale. Three amazing action-packed episodes. Holy smokes, we have so much to talk about. Can't wait to do that with this crew. My name is Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Em. Corey, are you sure you're there? Yeah, uh, you're getting whispery Corey tonight because Kyle was uh, very tardy this evening. So uh, I, have a, I have a house full of sleepy people who <laughs> do not want to awaken. <laughs> So uh, this, you're, you're getting smooth, cool ray this evening. Oh, <laughs> Shouldn't you know this? I mean, he's your brother. You've lived with him. Pro well, like, not lived with him in your entire life, obviously. But, you know, put up with him. <laughs> I never know what I'm going to get. Sith Disturbers, I get loud, boisterous, drunk Cory on, on Tumbling Saber. I don't know what I'm going to get. <laughs> Tonight, I get uh, the, the dulcet, smooth tones. Indeed. It's always a surprise. It's the best. Oh, jeez. Is it? Is it really? Just considering what we got this week, I'd say so. Man, and even last week, I have to say, I really uh, missed out on podcasting with you guys last week, because those other two episodes, uh, Wolves and a Door, and uh, what was the other one? A World Between Worlds? World Between Worlds. Oh, man. Those just really, really got me. I was... I couldn't believe what I was watching and what it's led to. And, oh, my God, look at where we are now. Well, it's really just one thing with last week. It was that moment with where, the moment where where Ezra pulls Ahsoka through. Like, that was the moment. That's still the moment that we're all talking about. Oh, yeah. True. He True. definitely saved her life. But just the pertinence, what uh, that scene did uh, for... The, like a canonical look at the force and how we can view the force and how, how I, I'm just sh almost shocked that the birth that this show has been given to describe how the force can possibly work. Cause this is really different. And I, it was so, it was, it was mind blowing. I mean, we kind of talked about this stuff too, with the star charts and the constellations and everything lining up and the, the mortis thing. Oh my God. That, 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 painting was done in 2d there that i oh, was so good man so good now oh, but we talked last week about this whole this whole you know, time travel the appearance of time travel the the concept of time travel in star wars and Corey, we've been at this for a couple years now and you've heard me say plenty of times that they better not ever do this but they did kind of they yeah. did do this last week in wolves and a door in the world between worlds um, I'm still of the accord that they, I'm okay that they did it here because they kind of put everything back in its place and then they yeah. destroy the temple. They better not exactly. ever do that again. Yeah. It's been put to bed and that's the best part. That's what I mean in the sense that this show has been able to do so much in that regard. You know what I mean? Well, it ends up being a bit of a nitpick of mine. Like if you're going to introduce that concept and then put everything back in the pl same place and then destroy the ability to do that. What was that all for? Well, to tell the tale of that story that it, what Ezra did is courage, his bravery, his being able to stop the Empire from ascertaining that knowledge. No, but you, you could have done all that and not done the whole time, time travel bit. No, that was just to bring Ahsoka back. <laughs> oh, but, the, but no, you're missing the larger lesson here. Ezra, when he was watching Kanan, he finally understood what he also needed to do. That's very true, Em. Actually, you're 
that's 100 percent on point and well there's something else there too which i think maybe we'll get to a bit later don't you guys don't let me forget okay just say that thing you were talking about before from from a world between worlds well okay so let's let's talk about these three final episodes man we we knew what it was about right it was it was going to be about ezra wanting to rid Lothal of the Empire once and for all. So that's what this epi- these episodes all revolved around and what everybody's fate would be. And they really hit us between the eyes with an, an hour of solid action. Like, that, it was a really fun ride for these last three episodes. Uh, Corey, what was your general impression? Quickly. Just amazing. Like, you just said, like, they just... It hit home so hard what they did. Uh, speed of plot. I understand that's a thing in Star Wars, but these la- this last whole season has been all about that, and it's worked for me. Like I don't care the the it's had a cutthroat pace, and the story has been so good. Uh, it, it was almost like these last three episodes. I 100 percent would have seen that in theater. Like it was it was that good, and I don't just the way that Filoni actually he did it, man. He tied this series together he left it ambiguous like this is star wars to me like i'm really sad that it's gone to be honest and i'm really sad that a lot of people not take the show for granted but don't even really care because it's such a short and sweet tale this four season tale it's so important to not only the force the rebellion like all of it man like it just there's there's no filler i think that's kind of clear now but anyhow this these this last episode they they were running on all cylinders and they just they wrapped everything up in a really cool way and especially i'll get to that toward the end but what they did with the ending and it just tying everything together and explaining things it's just so emotional man yeah m what was your oh. your initial thoughts God, uh, I really want to know what happened with him. I won't say until we get later in, but that's my biggest question right now. I, I feel like tapping Dave's shoulder and like, can you let me in on the secret, please? Because well, who, yeah. who knows? Who knows if he's just playing coy or whatever? But uh, on Rebels Recon, I don't know if he saw caught it. He he was like, you know, I wanted to wrap it up, but he said straight up, Thrawn and Ezra are probably alive and well he, he didn't say probably well he said they are yeah he straight up said they are so in his yeah, mind they are. they are alive but he, he doesn't you know he wanted to wrap this story up before thinking about something Bigger. after that and he wants to take a break i guess a bit but that could be just him playing coy and being well, he's, he's, he's already working on the next thing whatever that is so whether it's it has yeah. to do with this crew who knows but he's i don't know he's really I can't say he's on a break, really. But but my overall impressions of these episodes was like, wow, animation story. Oh, my God. When Gregor died, I'm pretty sure I cried. There was enough humor, too, to keep it going. Like, wolf and wolves. wolves Sentimentality. Are... Hondo. Yeah. Hondo stole the show. We always said that when Hondo's on the show, he kind of walks away with it right at the beginning. But that pulled on my heartstrings right off the bat and you know that's the kind of dude that hondo was and that's what i really wanted to see when he was like i would do anything for that boy 
Like I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, you're my boy. Yeah, he was pretty funny in this episode. I thought in a couple parts, like Corey, you've had issues with with the use of humor in Rebels and also in in the Last Jedi. I had a little bit of an issue with it here, with his relationship with the with Mrs. Fees. Melch. Melch. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was in the second episode where where Melch and we're gonna. I think we're gonna probably end up jumping around. We're not again. We're not gonna do a play by play of these episodes. We're just gonna touch on the points and we're gonna bounce all over the place. So. Bear with us. Um, but when when Mulch get Mulch, you got me, Em. He's got me calling him Mulch. Mulch. <laughs> when, Mulch. when Melch got Mel- shot. Oh. <laughs> I I work at a garden center. We call him Mulch. <laughs> That's amazing. When Melch got shot and presumably died, uh, like Hondo's there hamming it up at, in like in the middle of this desperate, furious firefight. And I was like, ah, really? I thought maybe that, like everything else I was okay with, but that particular section, I thought maybe the humor there was kind of misplaced. I can kind of get you there, I guess. Me too. I can agree on that as well. Anyhow, you know, uh, at the beginning, you know, I knew with Ezra having his vision that Thrawn would be coming back early and they, they needed to in, initiate their plan as soon as possible that, you know, all paths were coming together kind of like he was going to get it done. But I, I really did think Ryder Azadi was working with him when he made that distress call or the call into uh, what's her face? Governor Price. Well, that was, that was, that was <laughs> the plan. That was well, the it. plan. That was but, the plan. I was kind of on the fence. I'm like, he, this has to be part of Ezra's plan because they don't explain that at first. And then you they, like they lead you down that path, especially you even see a uh, Rook. He looks at Rook and like nods to him and everything. I was like, I was like, you bastard, Azadi, you did betray them. And I was shaking my head and everything. <laughs> and once then to find out that he, he was on their team again, I was like, my boy. Yeah, but all you had to do was think back to the trailer and that group shot where – Azadi was standing there with Price, and he had, he True that. he has his gun True to his back. So I, that that and that's the danger of watching a, of a, watching a trailer because you of course you can't prevent yourself. You you have to see the trailer, but that shot in my mind removed that question from my mind. I was like, well, is Ryder betraying them? And then right away that image came to my mind of Ryder with the group with with Price in uh, in those binders. I'm like, no, no, this is part, all part of the gig. This is part of the trick to to lure mm. Price out. And it was kind of ruined for me, but again. The Rolodex. That's my problem. I'll tell you, I, w- I was pissed. You were pissed at Ryder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the greatness and quality of Clancy Brown. Like, you never know what you're going to get from that guy. Oh, my God. When he was, like, uh, pretending to be you are, and I was like... That's an Ezra stunt there, but he nailed it. Yeah, and, and I mean, with Clancy Brown, you've got everything. I mean, and I'm not talking about his work on Rebels. Like, this is this is the guy who played uh, Montross in the Bounty Hunter game, and he was bad. And you get Miss, and he's also Mr. Kraft. everything. And he's Sabretooth. Like, he's, he just plays the full gamut of, like, totally absurd, ridiculous characters like Mr. Krabs. To the like bottom of the barrel, awful villains. So you never know, like and and you know we we everybody knows Clancy Brown. There's there's no getting around that. So when he when he sells 
or presumably sells the rebels out. You're like, oh man, like is is this for real or not? But that's that's I mean that's just a testament to Clancy Brown. But yeah, Corey, I, I can imagine a lot of people in that moment where Ryder just gave Rook a free pass, going, "Oh, you sob." <laughs> yeah, it was it was so cool. Like just, I love the fact that they they wrapped it up with, you know, everyone coming back for Ezra. Like, cause they yeah. all said like, he's just such a good kid. Like his heart's such in the right place. Like he's selfless. I, I love the fact that there was a big family reunion, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, almost everybody they, they had made friends with showed up in this episode, right? Definitely, man. I wouldn't say maybe not Katsuo so much, but he, he did a lot for her too in that episode. Like he was, he tried to be the arbitrator almost between him and Sabine, uh, her and Sabine. But, uh, yeah, man, like, like I said, it, it's, Hondo kind of wrapped it up in the sense that, you know, there's, there's nothing I wouldn't do for that boy. Like, like it's just, it's, it was really touching, especially as a space pirate, you know? Yeah, they're usually ruthless. But I think maybe after Hondo losing his crew and various things, it just softened his heart for Ezra. Well, I think Ezra helped soften his heart. Yeah. That was, that's pretty amazing, that... Ezra's got such an impact on all these people. Just, wow. What? It's like, what? A, it like a dream team. A minus canon. I mean, I'm still very upset. Very upset. And then, yeah. and then, and then Hera and Hera have a Well, let's, what? let's, well, hold on. Let's not go there just yet. Let's hang on. Yeah, to seriously. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, sorry. Stop the breaks. But... No, no. Um, right, so we're talking about this group that they got together and how they pulled everybody in. And then they decide to, that they're going to go take the fight directly to uh, the dome. What do they call that place? Um, just that imperial uh, stronghold in the middle of, of the city. That's didn't just, they call it the dome? I think, well, I'm I, pretty I think sure they did at some point. I think it's just called the dome, but um, if we want to really want to get technical, I'm pretty sure we can go back to season one. Nah, it's okay. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nah. I, I like, I mean, Rebels Recon kind of uh, is what, thanks Matt Keegan, actually. Uh, that's what kind of pointed me in that direction because I, I, I don't think I would have taken as much notice, but the fact, like, it, it really looked like a, a part of the city. But the fact that it was a ship that kind of looked like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but that's regardless, like the fact that it was a ship is, and how they explained that was really indi- uh, interesting. Is it just me or did, like, I, I kind of always assumed that was a ship. It looked exactly like those those round units that kind of float out in orbit when they, you know, when they were, um, which episode was Clone it? Wars. Clone Wars, like, even, um, Back in season two, when Ahsoka's fighting Grievous, remember that? That's a, yeah, that's that's a long time ago. But I, even in Rebels, like when they when they, um, geez, what episode was that? Oh, when Hera's leaving to give Rebel Command that info. Well, she she goes to hyperspace through one of them, yeah. right? So yeah. There's that episode. And there was another episode where, uh, when when we see Saw Gerrera on Geonosis, like, didn't they have those types of stations in orbit? Yeah. So I, I yeah. kind of always thought we're, we're, that was a, a space-bound thing. 
regardless, it doesn't surprise me, but in the same light, like I thought it was really cool. Like just how they kind of set up camp and do what they do, like ravage, pillage, leave. Sounds like pirates almost. <laughs> At a galactic imperial scale. Well, it, and it, that's stuff they also touch on in the same era with Catalyst and with the Ahsoka novel. That type of thing where the, the Empire drains a planet of for all it's worth and then just picks up and leaves. Not only that, legacy planets, which are supposedly like protected under some treaty, you know? Yeah, they, just, they didn't care at all. Legacy Schmegacy. <laughs> that's that yeah, that's the name of the bill that they passed. Legacy Schmegacy. <laughs> mm, I'm not thinking that cut cut it out. The Emperor's Decree. Legacy Schmegacy. No. 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 I but we, this is what happens when you get two brothers together and gain up on the little kid. What? Yes. <laughs> They're like, no, we're not taking your opinion. Next. <laughs> You guys are just, oh, man, huh. too much, too much. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I actually played, oh, man, you actually bought it for a bit, didn't you? I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Future spy coming up. So how about this huge action sequence when we see the Empire uh, rolling up on the on the Rebels in their little mountain hideout? And that's where you go, ah. Uh, oh. That's that's kind of where you think that Ryder did bring the house down on the rebels. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a bit of a – and now you can say it like that. It's a bit of a cheap trick in the sense that, you know, Ezra calls out across the canyon, Zeb, they're here. Like, you know if Ryder – like, they probably told, okay, Ryder, make the call. Now they should be prepared and waiting for them, you know what I mean? Yeah, unless like, unless it was the plan was totally to you know let's just let everybody like only me and Ryder can be on in on this plan. Everybody else has to be there to sell it. Mm. You know, if we if we don't tell them, then they'll just act naturally and just fight. Mm. But that was that was a pretty awesome sequence of of straight up old fashioned animated like action. I, I really enjoyed that sequence. No, because I, I honestly think they could have been better prepared for that scene. Like, what what difference does it make at that point if you know they're coming? You'd rather ambush them and end the fight earlier. Well, if you end the fight earlier, there's no reason for Price to show up. Oh, man. And I'm sorry, but I think over the course of season four, she got dumber. Oh, she is she is as dumb as they come. I think ignorant or not arrogant. Well, yeah, that's the classic imperial fault. Arrogance that always takes them down. Also cowardice. I mean, we saw her in her office, right? She's she's almost having a full blown panic attack when she's yeah, you know, she's trying yeah. to figure out uh, what is she going to do. Thrawn's on his way back, and what's going to happen to me? And you better go find those rebels. And she's chewing out officer after officer and. What about um, when Ryder had first called her? I thought, like, you had mentioned this earlier, Kyle, that uh, she m- might have gotten the uh, governor, what was her name? The one who got blown up. Uh, Tua. Minister Tua? Yeah, Minister Tua, yeah. So 
yeah, I was kind of thinking that he was going to offer like a plea bargain, like, you know, do this and well, we might give you like refuge. Uh, it's possible. Well, he didn't, but oh, I mean, I, I, th- I thought not, that was, but, uh, I, I, you know, I thought that was coming. We just didn't know was price going to defect or was, was she going to be captured? And to, I guess to her credit, she did not, uh, she did not roll over on the empire. She mm, she cost well, them a ton <laughs> through her stupidity, but at yeah. least she didn't roll over on them. But how, how, the coolest moment, possibly of the entire thing, is the wolves. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. And then like she thinks they're pinned, and then Ezra and in his forced connection with those wolves, <sighs> I just felt so bad for. Price, because then when she's like being held by a wolf, she's like, "Don't let it eat me! Don't let it eat me!" No, not once did I feel bad for her. I was like, "Eat you it, go- bitch!" Like, oh. oh, the way she treated Sorry. Hera, the way like again, like her arrogance and stuff. It's like, you know, you kind of considering Hera was pregnant at the time. So yeah, true. Well, not necessarily, but there's a good chance. Well, of course she was. When she was it's, being zapped? Absolutely yeah. she was. That's true, eh? That makes it, sense. Oh, oh yeah. She, Katie was dead not too long later. Well, there's a, there's a very key line that she delivers in the second episode of that week. Um, no, actually, no. It was it was during la- uh, the previous week. Um, what was the episode before A World Between Worlds? Um, a wolf. Do? The- or... Um... Oh, so a wolf. wolves and a door. Yeah, wolves and yeah, a door. Yeah. Uh, when when she, when we see it's not it wasn't really Kanan Force Ghost. It was just sort of her memory of him, and I think she says something to the effect that I should have told him sooner. Oh, oh, <laughs> we all, at the time at the time we all kind of thought mm-hmm. that she was she probably meant to you know to say I love you. We probably all meant she meant that because we never hear her say it to him. Right? She, she always says, oh. "I have, I have something to tell you. I hate your hair." Oof, but we always—that's wow, true. We always thought that she was just not able to spit out those three words, except what she was really getting at that whole time was, "I'm pregnant." That's probably what she was, what what she was choking on. It kind of that kind of makes you wonder a bit too, because that's a bit of a cheap trick in the same sense too, because Kanan kind of. It seems like he's, you know, this season he, granted, okay, he's has this foreboding feeling. He's been doing a lot of meditating. I think he feels like his time is coming to an end. But, like, he keeps kind of, like, not pouting around her, but, like, kind of, like, begging for kisses almost. Like, say the words, I love you, or whatever. (laughs) But at the same time, like, now we know that he's been getting some the whole time, you know? Oh, my God. Don't. uh, (laughs) And you know what? After my friend watched the finale, he he was messaging me and he's like, so when do you think that like the child was conceived? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to think about this now. Well, it's obviously toward the later days of there. And it could be one of the first times they actually did that. Whatever. I don't want to ruin that moment. (laughs) Well, it's it's obviously it's a it's a recent thing. Yeah. Quite clearly. Yeah. 
But I, th- you know, what's interesting about the wolves is that we we kind of assume that all these sort of you know the Bendu, the wolves, the the all these creatures that are force sensitive. Now we all kind of lump them together, but the wolves are entirely different. Or I guess we should say Bendu is a unique creature onto his onto himself because where he whereas he would not would not get involved. The wolves seemed more than eager to tear up a bunch of stormtroopers and and take it to the Empire. Yeah, for sure. They had a purpose. Lethal was their place. and Yeah, I like that. I like the way Filoni ambiguously described these characters, like the wolves and the Bendu and all that. Like, they're all kind of somewhat representations of the Force, and it's all loose and whatever works, but (laughs) whatever it is, it works for me. Even the Pergo. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't say they're yeah, they are mystical, magical in the sense that, you know, they're almost like legend and they can travel through hyperspace. Like it's yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I I kind of I dig it individually. I like it together. I have I have questions, but uh now nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna... That's that's the point, too. It's not supposed to necessarily make sense. You can't put a fine line on these things, you know what I mean? Like even Filoni what he did with uh, the world between worlds like he, he said it like how can I do this and he kind of just it looks so grand and epic and all that but what he had said is it's really something super simple but it he just anyway anyhow it comes out so grand and I love stuff like that man like you're not supposed to necessarily like be able to put your finger on things you know it's a we should always be constantly reinterpreting and re-understanding the way the force works yeah, I suppose. I, that does um, give me a little bit of nervous ticks at some time, at, you know, here and there. But uh, I'll roll with it now because it was it was a lot of well fun. done. These episodes were so well done. Um, mm. Now I'm thinking about what Corey said and what I was like when I was on the round table with with the guys. There's always got to be balance too with the force. So there's always got to be dark and there's always got to be light. So when I look at force, like it's gotta be balanced. You can't really define the rest. Yeah, I have one with the other son daughter. So where are all these dark so... side animals? We've seen animals. Well, we see. We've seen Ezra use all these creatures multiple times for light side purposes. Where are, where are all the the dark side animals? I think we can kind of safely assume most Sith sell their soul to the devil in a way, like. You turn you you go Sith. There's no coming back, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get to necessarily, unless you're the son of Mortis or something like that. But you don't necessarily get to. Uh, maybe Maul because Maul kind of seemed to have a change of heart at the last minute. But I don't know. Like you, it's kind of like, like heaven and hell in a way. You know, like you kind of forego your afterlife privileges in a certain regard hmm like there's we we know the sith can't force ghosts right um i mm, mm. i think that's eu stuff or legend stuff but i think that's eu or legend stuff well as far as i know that's still that's still the deal darksiders can't see or become force ghosts yeah, it's like too bad for you. Like you, you didn't understand what was going on. You tried to manipulate that. Like, 
well, like the, the whole idea is that to become one with the force in that way, it's 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 all because of like selflessness and and sacrifice, and that's not something the Sith do. And like a clear understanding, like Kanan, the blind, to being able to see again, like in that moment, the way that Filoni again had described it, that moment between where the place was really just about to blow, and he knew that like he was he was walking the line between like the afterlife and this world and he just had that moment of clarity which was so cool yep and then when we kicked off a family reunion and farewell it was ezra sort of uh speaking to his parents which was nice we hadn't seen that in quite some time so it was nice to see him sort of interface with them one final time or was it one final time really uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That was kind of odd, yeah. I hate that. Sorry. I just really do, because I'm so very attached to Ezra and his character, and just, like, it broke my heart. Broke me heart. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what did you uh, make of, of them bringing in, uh, what were their names? Ephraim, and what's the mom's name? Mira. Mira? Mira. Well, what do you mean, like... To what he was talking, well, to have, talking to, have to have Ezra talking to them and sort of delivering a message or kind of just saying, uh, you know, all. I loved it, man. I absolutely loved that. And the fact that Hera was overhearing him, she's like his adoptive mom now, you know, like and to see Ezra all grown up and talking to his parents and why he's doing things for the right reasons, how he's such a good goddamn kid. Like, if after if someone actually takes the time to watch this series and still gonna gripe on Ezra after everything he's done, like, come on, man! Like this kid, oh man, he pulled it off in a big way and grew into a man. <laughs> no, you know, come on! It, it's too bad because I want to see him. I wanted to see him knighted. He deserves that now. I think, in a way, you can almost assume that he is. Like, what he did was just incredible. Like, he really took the reins up from Kanan's example and the plan that he had laid out, plus the plan B. Like, come on. Like, the kid... The kid got her done, man. He did. He absolutely did. He kind of came... He came through when, when Lothal needed him quite badly. Uh, he assumed, and he assumed too. It's not like he didn't have hard decisions in front of him, man. Like, God, this kid, he's been through so much. And that's like, he's a teenager, man. Like, we've seen this kid so, we can assume since like maybe 14 years old, 13, 14. Like, you, you can't empathize with that. The kid's been on the streets for like five, six years by himself. Like, you can't put yourself in his shoes. Like, so when people question a lot of the things that he did, I'm like, man, that kid... He's always got what's right in his heart, which usually gotten him in trouble, but in the same right, it served him well. I, and did you notice how Hera was holding her stomach just before walking up to that and looking up that ladder? Now that you mention it, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yes, nobody noticed that on first on the first go. Well, no. Because no, cause nobody, because no everybody... One, yeah. 100% of viewers, when they saw the epilogue, were like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not one person was like, yeah, I saw that coming. Nobody. 
No, not at all. So and many questions. If they say I... that, if they say that, then they're liars. Obviously, they're <laughs> they're good pirate liars. Obviously, so. But I think Hera looked a little worried too. Looking up at Ezra, the speech he was giving is like he's gonna do something huge to the point where he's gonna be gone for a bit. That's the last hurrah for the Ghost Crew. Like it's the end. I think he he he'd kind of sense that, especially with Kanan gone out of the picture. Like the whole dynamic changes, where they are, the timing of everything. Like it was now or never. So, uh, Protocol Thirteen was brought back into this mix. Like we've have we seen this before? Mm, uh, no. Maybe Although, in Clone Wars. It feels like I've heard uh, Protocol say. 13 spoken about before, whether in a book or yeah, earlier in Rebels. Did. It was earlier in Rebels in Season 4 when uh, it, Hera like, got to Rebel Command and she was talking with Mom Mothma and they were talking about Protocol 13, how it's been placed into effect. And it, is that because they, they didn't know what it is at that point? Like, is, is this during the whole time when they were stealing the TIE Defender? Yeah, that's it. That's another cheap trick. <laughs> What's <laughs> Protocol 13? Oh, it's just the city leaves. Yeah, it's no, call, you calling know. everybody back to the base, right? Yeah. yeah. And evacuating all personnel. That's kind of also what we saw in Rogue One, right? Where I think so. The, the Empire pulls back, gets into the Star Destroyer, and oh, leaves Jetta City. On Jetta, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think they outright mention Protocol 13. But I think that's probably what it is. Uh, uh, Rook. That guy was driving me nuts. Like, how many cliffs does that guy have to be thrown off of before he dies? True. But, I mean... I I was getting really frustrated with him. I was like, come on. Like, enough. Yeah. Blame the uh, geography of Lothal. Only chuck some, him a little, f- chuck him a little further, like yeah. the wolf did, for good measure. Well, even that Not didn't just work. Off the edge. That didn't work. I've, That's it was true. So satisfying seeing Zeb do what he did. That's true. Like, that was perfect. Uh, sorry, he's not gonna call you back. <laughs> oh, uh, I like that, that Zeb went toe to toe with him this season. Like it kind of sucks, you know. Kanan was again blinded by his love for Hera. The last encounter with with Rook, like Rook, kind of dispatched him, or didn't dispatch him, but got the upper hand in a relatively quick manner. But when you see Zeb go up against him, it's a good fist fight, like, and even Ezra too. Well, last night when I was doing the stream, um, and I'll mention it like it later, but like after watching it a couple more times, it's like David and Goliath, and I'm gonna put my money on Goliath this time. Yeah, there's no way Rook was getting out of this. No. I think... I don't know, like... The way they set Rook up... I Again, I don't think he was getting out of it, but the way they set Rook up is that he's super powerful in a way. Like, you know, like, he, he would have been a match for anyone. So I was kind of worried for Zeb a couple of times. No, I, not, I did not lose faith in him. Not once. Well, I never thought he was going again, but, like... Maybe not even in this episode, but past episodes, but 
they got the upper hand on on him so and just when you think the rebels plan is all is all working out so protocol 13's in effect and you're like man that's a what a what a nice little plan instead of trying to take on the empire as spread out as they are across the city bring them all into one place and then nuke the base wow that's a pretty slick plan and then Thrawn shows up and turns the tables immediately. Yeah, that botched that. Whoops. Mm, yeah, and I knew that it was going to last. Nothing that good last that long. So, That's you it, know. Like, Ezra was going off instinct, off the vision that he had had. So it kind of all came together, man. It's it's the wills of the Force. Like, like he said, I have this instinct. We need to act now. Like, even though I can't necessarily explain it, like I know Thrones coming back. I'm sure you didn't expect that to happen, but it all worked out for the better. Because reasons. I, oh man. And when Sabine was asking, like, what's the connection? He's like, I can't really explain it. I, I think she tried to just grasp it for the sake for Ezra, but it's just a Jedi thing. Yeah. Same, same with back in a world between war, world between. Oh, why do I want to say world of wars? <laughs> <sighs> but like Zeb's, like you can keep your Jedi stuff, but Sabine actually genuinely wanted to know. I think what the connection was because Ezra and she knows that Ezra and the wolves have something that's very unique. Well, she got to witness a once-in-a-lifetime seeing whatever happened with those paintings, being involved with something like that. And if, again, like, we don't know what's up with Sabine necessarily. Like, I don't think she's a Force user, even though, like, I think people are starting to speculate on that just because of the whole Ahsoka thing. But I no. don't necessarily roll, rule that out either. But we, we do know she... She does have Ezra's lightsaber, which is pretty awesome. Um, okay, uh, like 50-50. And I'll, I'll explain why later. Why I think it's 50-50. It's good and bad. But... <sighs> well, so, so Thrawn is bomb- bombarding the city. And it seems like nothing's going to go right. And then um, like Sabine has to run interference for Ezra because Ezra knows what he has to do right he's got to surrender to Thrawn and it, it was it was. I'm not sure how I felt at the time about seeing Sabine kind of running that interference so that Ezra could get away what do you mean you don't know how you felt you, you felt <laughs> emotional no I don't know if it was like ah Sabine what are you what doing do you or if it, or if he, it was, or he if told it, her beforehand like when I need you most, like you're going to be there. Right. Like, and that could be interpreted in many different ways, but she knew they have a connection, man. Oh, okay. I know uh, there's a connection. There's a connection. There's a connection. Will of the force. Will of the force. Like, come on. It's not will of the force. It's that they're two teenagers that grew up together. And I, I know she, I know, she, she believes in him. There's just, there seems to be a lot of, Again, because reasons. Oh, they have a connection, so they just they they get each other. I, there's just well, a lot of say connection, an understanding. Like he he kind of warned her ahead of time, and you know she's mature enough to understand and believe in him. Like Ezra's the one that's going to be able to finish this. Hera's not going to like it. No one's going to like it, but it has to be done. And it's kind of like what 
he did with Kanan, like she had to kind of let go in a sense, like believe and trust in, in Ezra, like because Ezra again was the only one that could finish this. Like he had the plan; it was his plan. Yeah, <laughs> I I kind of feel robbed when Dave said what he said on Rebels Recon when it comes to those two, but. Maybe next I don't, I don't, I don't feel robbed whatsoever. I think okay. what he said was perfect. But, but if I defense, I really wanted to see that happen, but... Come on, man. We got her, <sighs> we got Hernan. <laughs> no. No, that's, that's kind of over, besides their kids, but... It climaxed in the last episode. It built up for four seasons. Perfect. Like, I love the fact that Ezra and Sabine have remained platonic... And like a almost like a brother and sister relationship. That the who knows what's in the future for them now, which is amazing. But you know, I love the fact that they just again they have this mutual respect for one another. Like at first, she always busted his balls. He was always trying to impress her, and they kind of just grew into this thing where you know she like like in this episode she let go. She totally believed in him. Like she knew he was the, the answer, the key to this problem. All right. Mm, uh, you know what? Uh, I have a feeling, and I'm going to go with my gut on this, that next series, whatever Dave's got planned, it might involve those two again. So it's not over quite yet. Right now, yes, on screen, yes. Maybe in books or next series, no. Well, yeah, that's true. I- it kind of that, that's again where we're touching back in the beginning where he'd be coy saying that I haven't really thought too much about this stuff. And but we know that he's been planning his next series and maybe it is apart from this. Maybe we are taking a break from this. But if we're going to go there right now, uh, I honestly can't agree with you guys more in the sense that what they set up, the epilogue is amazing, amazing. It, it brought me to tears. I won't lie to you, man. Like just I seeing all that. Too. I I just seeing all that. Oh, the fact that it leads up into the point after Endor as well is absolutely incredible. Can we stop spoiling the end now? (laughs) Sorry, you guys started it. We just started. Corey's always been this way, right? Or is it just me? The worst. (laughs) Oh, he's not the worst. Trust me, I've seen worse. It's not pretty, but. It's getting late. Let's go. No. What? What? <laughs> this is Star Wars Rebels finale. Oh, so true. You're right. Wow, there's so much. This, this episode like was awesome. Right now. Corey, you really disappointed me right now. No, I'm so sorry, <laughs> give, give me electronic <laughs> tissue. Quick, pass it. Hey, did, did Thrawn confirm that there were more Jedi out there? Oh, maybe. Yeah, he did have an interesting line where he said that you know there there were like Jedi. What? Oh, I can't remember his scattered. line. Scattered. Hey, you like do that. you do know though that he was alive during the Clone Wars, right? Oh, of course, of course. But I, I'm so, just wondering if he if he knows about Jedi uh, that that are still alive out there. He'd be privy to to such information if anyone. Yeah. He's got a point there. Like I don't, I don't know. Like he said that there were, there were you know, Jedi hiding out there, and that the the rest were like poorly trained children, like yourself. 
True. And I actually laughed at that. I was like, Thrawn, you have no idea. Now you he, just... He could have been very simply talking about Kenobi and Yoda because the, we know that those are two Jedi that the Empire never pick up on, never get the bodies, so they can never confirm their deaths. So he could have been talking about those two. Or maybe he's talking about more, but it is interesting. For sure. I think there's I think there's there's room there. We know there's still force users being born all the time. Like there was an episode called I think Children of the Force. Yeah. What was the other one too? Ah, oh, there's another one where they rescue them. Is that the one where the where Ahsoka makes a return? Yes. Yeah. Is that Shroud of Darkness? No. No, uh, Children of the F- or Future of Future the Force. Future of the Force. Yeah. So how about Thrawn delivering Ezra to Palpatine? A holographic oh, projection of... God. And the, the kindly old grandpa Palpatine, <laughs> which was surprising to see. It was. That's why my heart dropped when I saw that at first. I'm like, wow. In, in animation-wise... Yeah, I, I thought it was super cool. Like, I didn't necessarily make my heart drop, but it just made a hunt. It made so much sense. But it's kind of weird, too, because he's already kind of met the Emperor in the world between worlds and saw that he's kind of like this snake kind of creepy dude. Or maybe you didn't see him like, I don't know. But either way. Well, that's a, a, another minor nitpick of mine. Like, we're two weeks in a row. Uh, like, so, so this hugely important thing that Palpatine is after on Lothal and they have it. They're, it's in their possession. But yet Palpatine can't be bothered to show up. Like, to me, Palpatine should have been there on both occasions. Or or in at least one of those two occasions in the flesh. And I know he can't I... be because reasons. If he's there, then it's bad news for Ezra and everybody. But if this is Palpatine's big deal, you would think he'd want to be there in person trying to crack that nut rather than letting his stooges take care of it. No, you're right there because in the same regard, uh, Luke Skywalker wasn't on his radar at that point. Like he had nothing else going on. Like Ezra Bridger was his bag. Ezra Bridger. You know, like he wanted Ezra. And what the information or the knowledge, the power of those portals in that temple – it, it's everything, man. Like, if Palpatine were to get his hands on that kind of stuff, well, it's... it's that's that's the destruction side of it. When the Doom Wolf said to Ezra, that's when Ezra asked the Doom Wolf, "What's in those temples?" and he's the Wolf's replied, uh, "Knowledge and destruction." What destruction? What are you talking about? What? Why destruction? Because in the hands of Palpatine. What's in that? The knowledge in that temple becomes destruction for everybody. Yeah, that's true. Time, like maybe. Oh, sorry, Adam, go for it. The time-altering events save Palpatine. They get a hold of it. Yeah, what? What would it be then? What would Star Wars be? Well, it'd be game over. Exactly. That's and that's the huge thing. Like the whole thing. That's what's so cataclysmic about this event. It's not. Nothing. It's like another Death Star. It really truly is if you think about it. Like this guy would have control of space and time. But as this a is worse. Him. It is this worse. Is... It is worse. You're right. That, that, that was his ultimate goal. 
and that's it. Like, like the temple. That's what I like about this too is that Ezra has to give him access to the temple because the temple's like self-aware. Like, it's not going to allow Palpatine to break into its secrets. That's why it needs he needs Ezra in there to be able to latch on to something material to be able to pull himself into that world. Which is well, that's what, that's what Filoni mean, said in Rebels Recon, right? Yeah, and it, it's made clear kind of in you know World Between Worlds where he's kind of like. Which is kind of cool too, like uh, the sorcery and the alchemy behind that. Like it, it kind of reminded me of uh, the witches of Dathomir. Sure, he, that's it. He's done a lot of studying that Palpatine. He definitely has. Uh, and we have also, um, well, Palpatine sort of he's seducing Ezra with something that Ezra really wants badly: his parents, his family. The same way that he seduced Anakin with something that he really wanted, which was. His wife's safety. And it, it where Anakin totally blew it, Ezra kind of succeeded this time. That's right. And it it was it was that, that scene in a world between worlds that that helped Ezra to understand that lesson of doing what needed to be done and letting go, right? Yeah, I, that was extremely hard. I'm pretty sure I cried. And I, it's it's a wider lesson that's happening in Star Wars right now of letting go. It's hard. It it like I told my friend that this has been a really difficult process. You know, after three, four years, five years of this, it goes it's just like it's it's tough because you also like for me especially like growing with the show because it was like well twenty now, fifteen then, pretty darn close to Ezra's age. So growing with him and then letting go that's tough. Yeah, I can empathize with you there. I'm like, honestly, like the timing of shows has a significant impact on things. Like for me too, it's, it's, it's different, but like just the fact that we got this before the force awakens, uh, the way I followed it and having my son involved with it, like, it's just been a whole different experience. Yeah. My kids were, uh, are, really into rebels like especially my daughter she's she was full on into these episodes and and this might be her favorite bit of star wars really and she like every every so often she wanted you know she would ask what what's happening what's what's that going to happen with my next character like she really wanted to find out what happened next um so yeah i mean this this really connected with with people across the board uh tell her don't feel bad Ezra's going to be okay we'll see you again i hope not until like well, I hope I'm not going to be 30 by the time I find out what happens to him. So, hey, well, we had to wait 32 years to find out what happened to Luke Skywalker. So you can you can hold your horses there on Ezra M. That's not fair. <laughs> that's yeah. not fair. Why not? No, that's not fair. No, no, I have to know. I have to uh, know. But then again, oh. it took like Ahsoka. It took two years to find out if she lived. She definitely lives. Yeah, well, yeah, so I, I, before we get start getting into all that stuff, I, I just wanted to point out how, how Maul kind of helped out in all this and how he helped Ezra develop the immunity to the dark side and to, to temptation. And it, it, it kind of underscores uh, why the Emperor always wanted to control the players on the board, especially on, on the dark side team. 
you know, the rule mm-hmm. of two, all that stuff. And you think back to uh, the Clone Wars series when when Sidious found out that Maul was still around. Well, he, he just he went right after him, went right for the throat. And you know, Maul being on the on the playing board again, like he tampers with things, and it messes up Palpatine's plans. He's like this rogue He's... out there, and in Maul trying to you know, flex his own muscles and, and build his own army and side I gig. I see. I'm having whacked out visions. I can't get any sleep. Yeah. So he, here he is trying to, to seduce Ezra and make Ezra become his apprentice. But all he did was help Ezra build up a resistance to the dark side, which in the end screwed Palpatine. Oh my goodness. You know, you know, that's so cool of an observation. It only makes Ezra, you know, a very unique Jedi compared to all, even when he was in, in the original trilogy. Wow. He, I, I, like, I think you know, he can't... This is the benefit of, a, like, a singular vision, too. This is why having Filoni doing all this stuff is so important, because all of these things are in his head, and he can connect all those threads so easily. I have to say it's better than... He handled it better than Luke... Sorry, it's just the facts. He did a good job. Like, I'm so proud of Ezra's development and his growth. But just going back to Filoni, too, what Filoni's done here is if you take it, look at it from like a a bird's eye view a bit, like, take a step back, man. He got jaded a bit on the Clone Wars, right? That, that, that ended. And the way he, in four seasons, again, the short, sweet tale. The way he was able to bring that, uh, the aspects of that universe or that show into Rebels and create this new thing and then tie it all up and not only tie it all up, like tie it into the saga and all these grander things and not only that tell its own grand tale is just a, a coup de grace, man. Like I just cannot like get my hand around my head around this thing yet. How does Dave live with his brain? <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot of help. Like it's not you can't say it's all uh, Dave. Well, you know I know what I mean? there's Carrie back and then there's a couple of others too, but oh my goodness. This this Dave's got the coolest job on the planet. He's so lucky. You know that? Well, I want to hear George Lucas's comments on this because, you know, he has him and George are obviously very close. And he stated again that he wanted to be talk with him so much, obviously, behind the scenes, behind the curtain. And he just wanted to be true to George's vision of what Star Wars should and could be. And this show was Star Wars. 120% from me. All the way through. It sounds like that yeah. sounds like a closing remark. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I still want to know what story, goes though. through. I want to know what goes through that brain, that really beautiful brain. Because, oh my goodness! <laughs> Maybe one day he'll he'll write a tell-all. But before uh, that, a good job, though. Uh, what the hell, guys? Royal guards in action? Yeah, uh, that was odd. No well, palpitation. Sort of in in action, right? Like they didn't do a whole lot of stuff. And I was thinking, Ezra, get your lightsaber. Oh wait, it, it's not with you. No, no. He took them out hard. Like, picture that, like, can you compare now 
Imperial Guards to Praetorian Guards? Uh, I got money on Praetorian. Yeah, I would think so. Just for the simple fact that, again, Ezra just, like, took them out. Yeah. Well, you know what? What, what, One of the things about this series, and especially in these, these last few episodes, maybe season four as a whole, everybody on the Imperial side is just the worst with a blaster. I yeah, know. I made that comment last night on the stream. I'm like, shoot, proper. This is just now too much. This has become. Like, it's become a, a, need... a serious joke how bad they are, and it, that goes that goes back to the original trilogy. I'm like, man, these guys can't shoot straight. But they need to devolve to bullets, man, because Hera was like, everybody's dodging that shit. Just like, I'll move to the left, move to the right. Worry, he's full of like. It's full of just those lovely swear words, ain't he? <laughs> Sorry. But you know what I mean? Like, I saw Harris so many times. She's like, oh, incoming blaster shot. Let me move. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen with a bullet. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I've been shot. God damn it. Well, even beyond that, like, Stormtroopers tra- uh, chasing Melch down a hallway. They're literally six feet behind him, and they still can't shoot him. And... Well, he's small. I mean, how hard is it to hit a small pig, right? Hey, you know what? I have a what? Black Series uh, Stormtrooper helmet. And let me tell you, they're quite cumbersome. I can't see anything out of that thing. <laughs> well, that's that's your fault. I mean, I'm speaking from, you know, observation. Well, Cone helmets were always better. Well, Rex, that would, Rex would agree with you. Uh, but well, somebody actually did get shot. We had a sequence in that the shield generator room where we thought we lost Melch, and but we did lose Gregor. He did yeah. take a, a blaster shot right to the chest. And again, it's a, a silly thing. We've seen stormtroopers get killed for having a rock fall on their head, or having you know having Zeb uh, toss a rifle at two of them and take two of them out. You know, like, Stormtroopers die at the simplest of, of attacks, and yet Gregor took a, a blaster to the chest and lived to tell a tale. Well, he, he lived for a while. Like, <clears throat> that strike anybody as odd? Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Like, that's a, a thing in Star Wars, right? If you get shot, you're dead. There's, I mean, there's few exception, exceptions. Leia got shot in the arm and survived. But for the most part, in Star Wars, if you get shot, you're done. Uh, Ezra got shot. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, Ezra got shot. In the back, <laughs> no less. By Thrawn. I was like, no, no. And then and then later on, I get a message from my friend. He's like, I was cheering Thrawn on, and he hit your boy. I'm like, excuse me? Um, you What? We can't be friends anymore. You should not be friends with that kind of person. No, I didn't say that, but I was like, <laughs> you don't cheer on the Empire against my... Oh, Your blueberry? Yes, my blueberry. I'll actually say it this time because it is the season finale and oh, he's yeah, my favorite. And of all the characters in Star Wars, I think Ezra's my all-time favorite. Wow. That's a, that's a bold statement. And you know what, Em? I'm not going to go anywhere near that, but I will say that by the end of this series, he's immensely risen the ranks for me, especially the way he rounded it out 
uh, the way he played his cards. Loved it, man. Every lesson he's learned, who he is, what he's done. He's a good kid. I'm going to miss... <laughs> I, we'll, we'll get him back, hopefully. And hopefully we'll see him in animation again. And Taylor can come voice act for him again. Sure he can, I, of course. I, I bet hoping, you he would, too. I'm hoping... So I want to ask you guys about uh, the contingency plan that, that Ezra had put in place. If things kind of went off the rails for, for Mart and Wolf and Gregor to head out into high orbit with the ghost and broadcast on frequency zero. Uh, Visago. Oh yeah, Visago was there was there as well. Sorry, jeez. Did I offend any Visago fans out there? Well, come on now. He's completely Visago- forgettable. How, how dare you? Ah, come on. He's a I love perfect, me, Fizago. He's a perfect swindler. Come eh. on now. The broken horn? Come on, man. Hondo, uh, Hondo is, is all the pirate I need. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Corey. I, I'll... Two. Fizago. Gets knocked out cold. By Rook. Come on. Anyway. They have the contingency plan to go broadcast on frequency zero. And I had no clue what that meant. Of course not. You think you could just, oh, yeah, Purgle. Well, we could have kind of guessed <sighs> with Thrawn's death, death, I guess. Could have speculated on that. We, I think I did not hear one person say that. No, nobody could, I, nobody could see that coming. My wife looked at me when we watched the episodes. She looked at me and she goes, does that mean what I think it means? And I, I, I wasn't because I had already seen the episodes. So for me, it was a rewatch. But for her, it was her first time around. She said, does that are they doing what I think they're doing? And I was like, well, yeah, it depends what you're actually thinking. Because I don't want to spoil anything. And she said, Is, are they are they calling Bendu? Yeah. And I just kind of I just said, I don't know. Of course, there are <laughs> many cold arms to hold you. It's obviously oh, that. Yeah, that was like, yeah, Bendu's I see warning. your I see your defeat. In, in the embrace of whatever it was so many cold arms or something. Yeah. Of course uh, it's time. That was so brilliant. So something tells me Dave wrote season three and four simultaneously, instantly together. Well, he just season had two. He had it all planned out. Yeah. He had it all planned out because Ahsoka coming back is no coincidence. Like that was the end of season two. But so, so the, the Pergil show up and there's these massive ones like, the size of absolute cruisers. And they just wipe out the Imperial blockade. But in such a way where... The, like, the, the Imperial guy just said, like, the ships are gone. They're just not there. Which is... It got me asking questions. Like, did... Usually if, you, you know, you start taking down a Star Destroyer, it's not completely out of commission. Like, there's still time for it to send a distress signal. You know what I mean? Or just kind of, like, float helplessly in space. These guys just said they're gone. The ships are gone. So I'm wondering, did, did the Purgle, like, hold a maneuver the Imperial fleet? Mm. I don't know. Just completely, That's pretty interesting. Just completely nuke the, the Star Destroyers at, at light speed. It's possible. I mean, there were, was a, quite a lot of them. And even if they didn't necessarily destroy, like, we saw them destroy a lot, but in orbit... The ones that were in space, maybe they shepherded shepherded them off like like the other one was. 
Oh, imagine the Purgle set up the first order. <laughs> they grab all the all they grabbed all those star destroyers. You're right, Corey. It's possible. Maybe this, those Purgle were like yoink and just took off in, into hyperspace with with those star destroyers. And maybe later on, the first order is like, "Hey, look at all these star destroyers." It's yoink. That, that's viable. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, did you catch what um, Thrawn was saying though? Captain Pelion? Pal- yeah, Captain Pelion was back in the in the mix, at least temporarily. Yep. That was interesting. Yeah, his little uh, his right hand man. Yeah, that that was a nice little pull. It's, it's I guess it's, it's a little bit unfortunate that they didn't do a little a little more with that. Just it's one quick name drop, and now he he's dead, right? Well, that's the thing they they've left their cards. That's the amazing part again about this show. It's wrapped up so well, but at the same time, there's so much left open. Well, speaking of things that are kind of like closed off, uh, Price is gone. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> so thrilled. Good. I was so happy. I was like, just go. Just just die. You just let your planet rot to the ground. It's just like, you're just a vile. Just go. Good thing. I was so happy too. Like between Azadi arresting uh, Price, governor to governor, I'm like, yeah. Just I'm as much as like a few. I know a few who do love Price and cosplay as her. I have just ugh. Yeah, it's Kate Blanchett all the way. It's Arena Stalco. Yeah. I want to know. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. I'm just so <laughs> glad she's gone. Uh, it's just out of Thrawn or Price, and I know Thrawn's still alive, but if I were to choose which one just gets bygone, it would be Price. So, Filoni, you made a good choice. You know, it's funny. Like, if I asked you guys, had you not watched Rebels Recon, would you have assumed the fact that Ezra leaves the message in the epilogue, you kind of kind of assume that he plans to live after his plan with the Purgles. Had Filoni not confirmed, I would definitely think that Thrawn was gone. Like, dead? Yeah. Like, dude, oh, the... No, no, the no, 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 no. No, remember, uh, like, way before season four even started, he did say Thrawn would live longer than his brother, which his brother was... Uh, he was in Rogue One. I think it was Jin's father. Oh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. He's like, so he lives longer than Matt, his brother, Mads Mikkelsen. So I'm like, okay, Thrawn lives. Thrawn definitely lives. So I didn't. Really I never have heard any... that. You didn't read that article? I think it was no. in. I think it was in EW. Yeah, Lars. I think yeah, I might read something to the effect where Lars Mikkelsen said, "Yeah, his character lasts longer than." Than Galen, hmm. I, you could probably take that comment a couple different ways, but uh, nevertheless, I you know when it, when I saw the episode and they took off into hyperspace, I was pretty sure that this, this was like Filoni's ambiguous ending. But my in my gut, they were alive. I thought Ezra again could possibly you know sustain like it was his plan, but the fact that you know it was open. 
all the windows were broken in traveling through hyperspace. I don't know. Whatever. Who knows? But it's it's done deal. Well, he he says something to Sabine or to the group right before they jump to light speed, right? Like beyond the may the force be with you type thing. Like what what is it that he says to the group? I can't remember, bro. Like, I saw it once. He says uh, something to the effect that I, I can't wait to come home. Or was that during yeah. his, his hologram message? That's the hologram message. And he, so he, yeah, so in that hologram message, he says, if, you, if you're watching this message, uh, like kind of things went off the rails. I had to take a different path than the one I wanted. Uh, but in the end, he, like he, he can't wait to come home. So it's clear yeah. to me that he's alive from that statement. That's it. He, he has a plan. Like, I don't know. He he's. It seems to me like he's trapped somewhere now. Or maybe like, oh, this is just me hoping, but maybe he like uh, had memory loss. Because think of Gregor too, and how he had a crash and he had memory loss. So what if Ezra has memory loss? And who knows? Maybe next series or canon or whatever, we can. Uh, like see a clash between Ezra trying to find his mind back with Sabine and Ahsoka in the picture, and I think that would be such a cool story. Well, again, go back to World Between Worlds when Ezra and Ahsoka are running away from the Emperor, and Ahsoka's about to jump into her portal, and Ahsoka's, uh, Ezra's about to jump into his. Do you remember what Ezra says to Ahsoka? Uh, come find me. Come find mm-hmm. me. What the hell does that mean? At the time, you watch it and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. No, it does. No, it doesn't. She told him prior in that episode that she's like, I can't go back with you to your time. So he's basically telling her, you know, go back to what, go do what you got to do. But, you know, but they're putting her back onto Malachor where she has no escape. That's not true. The events had already transpired. Like she, she, he knows it's like that trust thing. Like if she says she can, that's what her destiny is and what she needs to do. He's already resigned to that. Like, uh, like he's learned his lesson, you know, like, okay, Ahsoka, I, I trust you. Like, you, you know what the force is telling you kind of. Uh, more of that again. <laughs> what do you have to question everything? You know what I mean? Like, What's that going to do when you're running away from Palpatine? Wait, Ahsoka, I gotta ask you something. Like, but no, he's still he's still putting her back in a place where he thought she was dead. They're still putting her back in a place where there's there is no escape. As far as they're concerned, obviously she does get away. We know that now, but they put her but on. She in, she told him too that she'll be fine. Like at that point, what are you so gonna do? Cool. You know, like you you have to let it go. Like he he has his own mission. Like, but shouldn't Ezra once... have been shouldn't like knowing that she's going back to Malachor, right? Where she's presumably going to be trapped there. Shouldn't he have said to her, "I'll come get you"? No, I'll come for you. You know, I think Ahsoka. Oh, and I'm also now looking back at the top cards that the wolves was probably the very first thing. That's the best part, man. You know, at this point, that I think Ahsoka, like Twilight of the Apprentice, ends with her walking down those stairs. 
Now, this episode ends with her doing kind of the same act. So we know she's still going to go through that transgression of tops cards that Felonia kind of pointed out. She's still going back to the the tunnel with the wolves. Like, she's going to find her own passage. I think she did, because, like, I'm looking at them now, and, you know, she's looking at these paths. She's following Morai. Now, since we actually have a name. It's just, that's that's cool. Ahsoka, it's, just, it's so cool that we know that she lives. We can get more story from her. Oh, I'm thrilled. Yeah, like, like, that was... Yeah, seriously. Like, he pulled it out of his hat, man. To see what <clears throat> to see what happened there in that, that epilogue. Um, Talk about s- walking a fine line. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, but in that epi- epilogue, Sabine is kind of narrating us through it, and you know we see her sitting in in Ezra's tower, you know, and she's all this time she's and you could tell she's she's way grown up. That uh, mm. and, and his tower is much much more tidier and spick and span than normal, right? Like she cleaned the place she's up. She's living there. She's the protector or guardian of the Thal. Well, right. That's, she thought that what Ezra was was asking her to do when he, when he said that I'm counting on you like she thought that meant to stay behind and babysit Lothal and, and keep it safe and maybe that's part of it but ultimately uh, Sabine says you know something to the effect that it, there, there was something else and then it, we see Ahsoka which was just like wow holy cow like she's how did she's like she's officially back in the mix now because she's insane. She presumably arrived on a republic that a republic ship, right? Where she did. We she we see, kind of see them leaving it. So here we go. Yeah. Like, what is going on with that storyline? It's insane. Like that's what Emmett touched upon earlier. Like, it's got to be another series. And man, I would be so ecstatic. I would die if they continued with the ghost cruise story like i think even you had called this at one point kyle like what's uh what's zeb gonna do he goes to lyra sun but he brings callus with him like we know reb stays part of the uh, zeb's uh rex stays part of the rebellion like he's on the battle at endor like he is that dude that we see in in jedi pretty much yeah, well, I mean, yeah. what, what they've done is, like, fragmented the group. So I think we're done with Zeb. I don't know that we'll ever see Zeb again. But uh, I don't... I, I Honestly, if they make another series with these characters, maybe Zeb won't be the focus. But I can guarantee you that he will make an appearance. Yeah, uh, I will agree on that. But I think that if this is going to be a series, there's also going to be a couple new characters to... F- go along with that story of course so that would uh, i wouldn't say complicated but seeing a ezra ahsoka and sabine um dynamic but you gotta add more characters into that too so how would that change how much time will change by the time if they ever do find him well i just i would love to see I can settle for Ahsoka and Sabine team up adventures. I could, I could, I could live on that series for a good long while. <laughs> oh, me too. I, and I think that Ashley and 
Tia would be thrilled to do that. Yeah, no, no doubt. So when did Ahsoka enter the picture again? I don't know that we have the answer to that because then we can start questioning, you know, where was she during the, the, the battle of, you know, against the Empire, the Galactic Civil War? Where was she during that whole thing? That's the whole, that's the best part. Like we know for a fact that uh, when Sabine's giving her speech or epilogue at the end, she kind of says, she talks about the Battle of Endor and you, I think it's safe to assume that when Ahsoka finally reaches out to her, it's after that. Yeah, we're some, we're some time after the Battle of Endor during the epilogue. But th- does that mean Ahsoka spent the entire duration of the Galactic Civil War locked away on Malachor somewhere and she just got back once the war was well, over? Wills of the Force, reasons. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to also touch something else that um, I... Uh, so, like, seeing... Um, Sabine and her new her new look. Do you do notice some of the changes on her armor, right? And I saw this cool post on Instagram where, um, so she's got the wolf now. She's got the blue, you know how her style looked on her uh helmet she's also got the blue eyes that they're the same color as Ezra she's got the pergil on one of her shoulder braids she's got the uh like you know that rebel sign mm-hmm. insignia that's now like the actual insignia that we saw in the original trilogy that's on her other shoulder like I, I, I don't think she'll ever forget Ezra and what he did to save Lothal and no, yeah, she's definitely not going to forget him. She's they're going on, on a quest to find him. And not only that, would, like okay. dude, he he saved her, and like just the whole thing with the temple and everything that Ezra did again is just really. That's why I have a hard time just saying, "Oh, they're brother and sister." No, no. Well, I think no. that, that's 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 kind of locked in now because didn't Filoni mention that during Rebels no. Recon where he said it's really important for for yeah. boys and girls to kind of be able to hang out with each other and support each other as friends. That's Don't true. Don't crush my hopes. I'm still holding out, okay? Just, I mean, he can always just... change his mind. He's a cagey guy. So... Hey, again, when they're adults, it doesn't... It doesn't... Like, I, I'm with you there, Em. It wouldn't bother me if it happened in the, if there were to ever be a next series. Like, it kind of a little makes sense as well, but for the duration of this series and where they're at in their lives, it makes perfect sense not to complicate complicate their lives with something like that and the respect they had for one another again like Floney said it's important man like you know you you gotta be able to do that you know you gotta kind of look past things and treat people like humans yeah even um like seeing that like in the early years like so you meet them in preschool. You're obviously not going to date them. Then you get into high school. Then you see that even. And then by adulthood, you're married and happily ever after. So maybe that could be that way too. That's it again. But this, this series was four seasons. Mm. They established at least a very strong connection between these two characters. And again, it's a one based on friendship and trust, which is a foundation for all relationships. So 
like you said, who knows what's moving, what we, we're going to get moving forward. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they take that. I mean, that could be really, really interesting storytelling there. Some really cool things that could get pulled from that type of series. But again, that, there's some loose threads there. If you have Force users like Ezra, like Ahsoka, um, running around the galaxy. How about Jason Sindula? Yep. <laughs> there's, and for sure, he's going to be another Force-sensitive that has to be dealt I with, right? I hope so. That's when he really that's that's been a debate as well. Are all is it like genetic wise, if you're force sensitive, is it automatic that your kid's gonna have that gene? Whatever it is. Um but we definitely know that he survives past the Battle of Endor. So he's kind of in the clear to grow up after that point. It seems like there was a bit of peace and prosperity for well, at least a couple be, of decades. He would be the same age, roughly, as as, as Poe Kylo. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Wouldn't that be so cool to see that happen? A Poe and J- Jason series. Jason, Jason's in the in the episode nine, part of Ray's Academy. Oh man, I was actually surprised too that you know it's just just a thought that um he would look more like. Heron or Twi'lek more than less than human. Yeah, I kind of found that hot, hot as well as well, to be honest. And the green, uh, where's the green coming? It's like the green from the Hera's hair? skin got transferred into his hair. Of all the things that happened, that's what you're questioning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sorry, I I have a bigger question. Is like. I could have seen a little more Twi'lek in him, too. I have to agree. He really looked very humanoid. Where's Ezra? Like, tap, tap on the shoulder to Dave. Where's Ezra? Please. Just, please. Don't, don't, just. He's where he needs to be in. I know he shouldn't be in the original trilogy, but, like, what planet? What's he been up to? Come on now. That's why I also think that he's got memory loss is because he didn't come back to Lothal. I don't think he's stuck anywhere. I mean, Ahsoka was very resourceful and managed to get off that planet. What well, if he's we, on we don't another- necessarily know that he never came back to Lothal because we got confirmation that the Empire never came back to Lothal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still, it's, it's still like, where? Where is he? What's he been up to? I guarantee the next time we see Ezra... He'll be shaggy-haired, bearded. He's he's going to be like so somewhere in his you know mid twenties, late twenties. He's going to be a full-on adult, and he's going to be a much different guy than the person we've we just left. And who knows? Like Thrawn is still alive too, so Thrawn is with Ezra. But maybe Ezra's just hiding because the Empire does eventually. We're going to get that book. That Thrawn Alliance's book. You think that'll touch on any of? I don't know if that'll touch on this, will it? Well, it says it's teaming up with Vader, so I wonder if that's before Thrawn. It's got. It's got to be his Imperial days. It can't have to do with after. Yeah, I don't think. Ah, I don't think it'll touch on this. I would wish. Don't don't crush a girl's hopes, please. Please. Ezra and Thrawn got mashed together in hyperspace and are Snoke. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god. 
when well, I don't know that, this, you know, I'm going to give you a mouthful. I don't know that this is going to quell any of the Ezra is Snoke talk. Even though we know that it's not the case, people will talk about it because, oh, uh, Ezra's gone off to the, to the unknown regions or wild space or whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> he became Snoke out there. Excuse me? That's Boys. Stop it. No, I know that's not no. going to happen, but people yeah, will know. say that because people are crazy. We know he's not human, so case closed. Case closed. And Ezra is not, nor will he ever will be, eight feet tall. Plus, plus, think about it for a second. Um, Ezra would be aware if there was going to be a lightsaber coming across his body. <laughs> with, with everything I'm, that Ezra's done at this point, like... If they ever touch back on this character, like he deserves a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Very. I will wholeheartedly agree. So, praying new series involving Sabine, Ezra, Azoka. Oh, oh my goodness! Did you not know, get that feeling that Azoka was like a? I think it's Gandalf or Lord of the Rings guy with the. Oh beard. yeah. How can you say this? James is going to hate you. I'm yeah, sorry. But, yeah, that's... I just, I'm not a good... I'm not, I'm well, not a, and it's hardly the first person to suggest that Ahsoka the White wasn't sort of a uh, a callback to, uh, you know, Gandalf the White as the guide Wait, on the trip. No, that's look not how the... she's holding. And, look and how again, she's holding her staff and her robes. This is... And again, even before... White, white uh, robes, white lightsabers. Like this, the, this... the Twilight thing too, man. Like... There's there's Gandalf the Grey. You can almost say it's Ahsoka the Grey at a point too. Like, I'm no Jedi, all that stuff. She was walking her own path. And maybe now she's, after everything that's transpired, like maybe she's on a different level of Jedi-dom or Force-dom. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. Um, there's so much stories. There's so much they could do. I'm I'm really interested in what they could do with Hera. Super. You know what too? And what they do when there? She was, when she was with her kid, I don't know why this stuck out to me, but maybe it's because Hera's getting older or whatever, but it's the first time I ever saw her wearing makeup. Maybe it's being rubbed off on her. Maybe she's I just know. getting older and it's like, I got to cover up my eyelines or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. Like, hey, guess on, what? Hera? Corey, this is good for you. Chopper's an uncle now. <laughs> yeah, drunkle. Drunkle. I, I you know have this for confirmation that Filoni. I know. I, I know we all knew, but Filoni voicing Chopper. I knew um, it. We all knew I, it. Come on now. That's the way you talked about it. Like, what Chopper's Chopper? Like, hey guys, what if what if Hera? I'm still thinking about what what they could do with Hera. But you know, we mentioned Poe not long ago, and how. Jason Syndulla and Poe Dameron would be pretty much the same age. What if Hera ended up being Poe's adoptive mom? Because we know that her that his mom died when he was super super young. So what if, yeah, what if she's the one? That, what if she teaches him how to fly? Oh my god! Oh. It's possible, but I think that his connection with that would negate his connection to Leia. Well, we thought there was going to be a, a deeper connection between Poe and Leia, but that's not happened. And I don't think it has happened. I, I had a theory that Leia was well, sort of Poe's adoptive mom. Good. 
No, but I think if you if I think in the before the awakening book. I think it's in that book anyway. Uh it's I think it's pretty clear that Leia knew of Poe. But she did it's not like she was super familiar with him to the point where, oh yeah, I raised that kid. Yeah, no, definitely not. So I think that I think there's maybe some room to make Hera Poe's adoptive mom and she's the one that taught him how, how to fly the way he can fly. I mean, Hera's better, right? Just saying. It's awfully close. Poe's pretty sick. Uh-uh. Don't push it. <laughs> I'm very protective and very judgmental of keeping the rebels at best. All right. Fair enough. Ezra is better than Luke, in my opinion. Now, now. Let's not get crazy. Yes. Yeah. Let's not get too nuts here. <laughs> Sorry, but this we haven't seen too uh, like I know there's comic books, but on screen we haven't seen much Luke, and we've seen a lot of Ezra. There is a very valid um, argument there. Well, that's maybe an, an argument for another time because I th- I think we are just about out of time. I think so too. Well, yep. it's, it's so, sad to say, man. To be honest, like. Ugh. I mean, Rebels I was was a lot of fun. It really was, and it's it's more you know, than a lot of fun, man. Like, come on, like honestly, the what they did with the series, with what they had to work with, is incredible. The way that everything was brought together, like it's it's a masterpiece in my opinion. Like the four season thing rule for for like the films are the films, and those are the the big deals. You don't. Like everything else, so the Clone Wars, Rebels, all these books and comics—they're meant to complement the films. So you can skip all that stuff and still understand Star Wars. Yeah, or you can skip out on all the films and watch Rebels, and you know what I mean. Oh, I'm sure, and I'm sure some people do. And that's that's more power to you. All, all I'm saying about this show is that I, I can't believe it's over. Yeah, me and too. Me too. I can't believe what they did with this. Like they took us really by surprise in a lot of ways. And well, I mean, uh so, okay, really quickly then, what favorite moment from this episode, the finale? You can go first cuz I think everyone would know mine. Oh man. Favorite part? I don't know, man. Like I want to just go with the epilogue in the sense that you get a little bit of closure there. Nah, that's too like, much. That's that's too broad. Narrow down. Let's just say my favorite part of this episode was the way Ezra had his backup plan, the way Ezra's grown, the lesson he learned, the way it's his show, the way everyone trusted him to, <laughs> the way everyone was there for him, the way he executed his plan. And that's yeah, the, that's the, gra- the worst answer to an honest question I've ever heard. <laughs> I can't, I can't decide to be honest. Like, what do you want me to say? Like the moment he was with Palpatine or there were so many grand moments. He's got a point there. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, can I have three? Cause there's three top moments. 
Okay, so Ezra and the wolves, when he was igniting his blade, and then all those Im- Imperials just run away, scared, crapless. Um, second part is when Sabine and him have this this understanding of what he needs to do, and she. It wasn't even a nod; it was just the eyes. The eyes said it all. And then in the epilogue, when they're off to go find Ezra. Yep, that is my favorite moment when we see Ahsoka finally back. I, I damn near lost it. I was like, but that kind of takes away from the series, though. No, come on, you see Ahsoka, it steals the whole show. Like, and then, but I still but have the, that question. At least Ahsoka. That's it. At least Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka's purpose is to find Ezra. Okay, so if if you ask most fans, and this is totally anecdotal, I don't have any evidence of this, but I bet you if, if you ask most people, the, the answer, the most common answers you'll get back, Twilight of the Apprentice, Twin Sons. Oh, for sure. They have nothing to do with, you're right, but the fact that these shows did that in a way that uh, compliments Ezra's story as well. Well, like he's a, in- that, that was that was Filoni's thing, right? Like he always said that he wouldn't do anything that didn't service the rebel story, and specifically Ezra, because he could have done a lot more Obi Wan. He could have done a lot more Ahsoka. He didn't have to write her out the way he did, but it would take away from these characters in the same way that if we brought Luke into this current trilogy a lot more, it would take away from from Rey. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> Did Orko just make an appearance? No, no. My gramps is beating me at words. <laughs> <laughs> and it told me he won the game. No surprise. Uh, 154 to 231. Well, it wasn't, this isn't even supposed to be loud, but anyway, like bringing Soko back. <laughs> Sorry. I don't understand what's going on with my phone. Possessed. Sidious is coming to my phone. I just like, again, like the, the amount that's gone on this season is just astronomical, man. Like the characters that have been in it, the plot lines, the way it's been concluded, yet ambiguous. Just everything about the series, the animation, the storyline, the music. I don't know if there's ever been anything more Star Wars. This series, to me, is is up there, man. It's going to be hard for anything Lucasfilm has planned moving forward. Live action, more focused toward adults, whatever it is. It's going to be very hard for them to top what they've done here. Very hard for me, in my personal opinion. The way they've... Describe the force and told this tale and the way they've wrapped things up. It's it's perfect, man. Well, it's, it's, it was there, there. There is something for there is something to be said for wrapping something up the way you wanted to. Because I, I it, it still sucks that the Clone Wars had to go out the way it did, and then get get kind of you know wrapped up little bits here and there in Rebels itself. Like Filoni had sort of a second chance to close off some of those story arcs. But at least he—that's it. He—he he, he paid good attention to that. Like he couldn't take away from the general story of that crew, but at the same time, he—he he gave a lot from the Clone Wars. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I still can't decide which series I prefer. Uh, Rebels only because I love Ezra. Yeah, and everybody's going to have that one thing or two things that they, they latch onto that puts it over the top. But boy, Clone Wars was good stuff, man. It was good. I mean, we got Ahsoka from it. We got some more in-depth look at the clones. But well, it really depends brings... what what kind of show you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like, like Rebels is so different than the Clone Wars. But like, that brings... Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Um, So, Kyle, do you have that list when we were um, talking about who would show up in Season 4 and who wouldn't? No, I have no idea what that list is right now. But needless to say... <sighs> Not why? not a very impressive turnout from any of us. <laughs> no, no. No, I, I scored a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, only in your dreams. No, I, I can definitely remember that Kyle was saying no Palpatine, and I was like, oh, Palps is in. Well, we were told he wasn't, so it was a really good deception. Well, he we didn't we weren't told he wasn't necessarily like it was a play on words by Filoni. <sighs> yeah, I wish I had that list handy, but I don't. Me too. Me too. I usually do keep it pretty handy, but uh, today I don't have it. That oh. is so unfortunate. Oh, wait, here it is. It. Here it is. Oh. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? So everybody was a yes to Ahsoka. Everybody was a no to Kenobi. Um. We were 50-50 on Vader. M, you and I said Vader would be in it. And then you and I Corey said... said no. Well, Corey, you also said the Inquisitor would be in it. Oh! I said an new Aquis- Inquisitor. Nah, that wasn't the question. <laughs> no. Busted. Uh, we, all, we all said Cassian and K2 would be in it. That didn't happen. That did not happen. Um, too early. It was too early. We all said no to Urso and Krennic, although we did get mentions of Krennic. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Ray Sloan. We all said yes to that. Corey, you said that we were going to get Boba Fett or other notable bounty hunters. As did you, mm-hmm. I said no to that. Yeah, I remember distinctively, but I don't think we did. I thought Bosk was going to show up and crawl com- commanders or, yeah, commander, crawl commanders. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, I mean, we all did very poorly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Corey, you said Radis was going to show up. Actually, we all Everybody said, we, we all said Radis was going to show up. That would have been so cool. It would have connected, like... That's the best part of the book this season. We had no idea where where it was going, but really what it boiled down to is the ghost crew. Yeah. Like they really operated independently from the rebellion. Yeah, they really closed the ranks on this. Mm Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, this is kind of it, guys. We're done with, with talking about new rebels. It's kind of sad. But hey, listen, you, it's, it's, not it's, over. it's always better to be happy that it happened than be sad that it's over. So that, that's what I would kind of leave you guys with. Just be happy with what we have instead of what we're no longer only, getting. 
and not only that, like just the time period that it's taking place in for you as a listener. Like, look at M. Like, you know, she she's grown up through her teens and now she's almost twenty. You know, like she's an adult I now. I am like, twenty. I am twenty. Man, you're so old, M. Oh my god. I know, right? But even with me too, you know, like my son was a baby when this show came on, you know, like, and just so much has changed since then. And ah, just, I love the show, man. Well, what this did, and I don't know if this is unfair, but like Filoni does such a good job with animation along with Kevin Kiner and so many other people that I, I hope they stick to animation. Like, I kind of don't want to see Filoni cross over to live action. Like, I trust him. I trust his hand uh, with animation. I trust Kevin Kiner doing the scores to, to uh, Dave Filoni's animated work. I, I want them to stay in their lane. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, we got the those Game of Thrones directors coming in, going to write stories and possibly a TV show or movies. I mean, it's enough. To go on their own paths, so yeah. But and I, just, like, I just hope they like, leave Filoni there because I mean he is what now the the super like whatever the supervisor the the director of all things animated right. I don't think he's gonna yeah. get that title a year ago and then jump over to live action. So I, I think he's gonna stay and control all the things that are happening with with animated stuff. And I think even I, the stories, I hope so. you gotta you stick with the stories. That's it. Like he. He's always had a grander plan for things, and he understands Star Wars. So I, I kind of agree with you there. Like, we've talked about him doing live action, but uh, the, the fact that he's able to tell these grand tales, it just, I don't know. Like, it, it, that's where he should kind of stay as well. I agree. Yeah. That's kind of where I think that... Uh... That that should land, and that's and that's not a slight. And I, you know, if if he does make the jump to live action at some point, he'll be like, "Oh, this is the worst day ever." Mm-hmm. But I think you know, let people play to their strengths, and animated seems definitely up his alley. So let's let's hope that that's a thing he keeps doing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't just like don't don't make the mistake. Don't disappoint us, please. Well, and and uh, by the same just... token, I hope I hope as well. As much as I want to see what happens next with Hera with her son, and what I want I want to see Ahsoka and Sabine on a quest. Like I can I can easily handle those in in other formats. Like I I kind of want Filoni to do something different, like animated, but get into a different era and handle a new cast of characters. I honestly think that's the case. After everything that he said recently, is that. He ended the show, he's starting something new, and he'll probably come back to it at a later date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guys. hope it's not. That's how, I, honestly, though, I hope it's not in literature. Yeah, no, please. But what would be really cool to see a new Dawn in audiobook with Freddie and Vanessa. Please. That could be cool, too. But anyway, we could talk all day about what could be cool and what wouldn't be cool. It's time to peel <laughs> out of here, guys. So, M, where can what? people find you on the old Twitter machine? Bef- 
just just before I say that, um, like, so if anyone isn't aware what I did, uh, last, well, last night, I hosted a stream with the finale, and I, uh, it was a pretty good turnout, actually. We had a few viewers to come watch, but I was thinking if it, like, could progress into a little bit of your audience and we can all watch Rebels one more time and share our moments, what made us love Rebels and the best memories. I think that would be cool. So I haven't got the dates quite figured out, but I'm trying to aim for weekends. So if people want to peel on over and watch with us and share their memories and talk in the chat, it was pretty, it was pretty good last night. So if, my my Twitch stream, I'll put it on my Twitter, but my Twitter is at emalum52, so that's E-M-A-L-L-A-M-5-2. Awesome. Corey? Well, Kyle, you know you can all find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Ooh, understated tonight. Ah. Oh, that's that's good because he's fashion. sad and he's solemn. Yeah, that's yeah. for all you Canadians out there. <laughs> Okay, and I am at Tumbling Saber. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Come say hello. Come join our Facebook group. Not the page, the group. Where we can talk all this stuff all day long. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. You know it, you'll love it. So come say hi. Come hang out with us. And uh, that's it. So we'll be back a little down the line with some more Bridge of Transmissions. Who knows what we'll be talking about. Uh, But we will be back at some point in the future. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys in episode 117 of the Tumbling Saber Podcast.